just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Monday. I have to be honest, Mondays are always the hardest podcast because I do it early in the morning. We're coming out of the weekend. Not a lot of new stuff comes out on the weekend. We end up rehashing some old stories, and that's okay. There's still plenty to talk about, and we'll still put on a show here on the Rational Boomer podcast, but it just makes it tougher to put it together. Now, as you may know, I'm recording this in Georgia. It's about 1 o'clock in the morning, Monday morning in Savannah, Georgia, but I'm hopping on a plane, my wife and I, at 12.30, going back to Minnesota. And that does tend to make things easier when it comes to recording the podcast. I've done everything I can to make it seem the same for you when you're listening to it. But for me here, the logistics are different. It's not quite as comfortable. So it's a little harder to do in that respect. But fuck it, I'm a gamer. I'm a professional. (laughs) We're going to put on the show no matter what things I have to fucking deal with in the process. And I had some weird things this time. Technical things that I had to figure out. And it was strange. Anyhow, let's get down to the business at hand. Actually, before we get down to the business at hand... What we are going to do is go over some emails. I have two emails from some folks, both of which who have been on the show and write emails frequently. This first one I have to kind of explain. Comes from Dave. He says, your breakfast, a breakfast buddy here from Thanksgiving Black Friday. Now, what he means by that, he's a gentleman that lives in the Twin Cities, and he knew I lived in the Twin Cities, so he sent me a DM and said, hey, I'd like to meet you for coffee. I thought, what the fuck? Yeah, okay, that's cool. And then he asked to bring his 19-year-old daughter with him, which he did. And to be perfectly honest, perfectly lovely people. His daughter loved her. She's kind of quirky and goofy and got a weird sense of humor like me. (laughs) And that comes into play in this email. He says, my daughter and I continue to reminisce about the fun morning with you. And now I know your sense of humor is completely aligned with both of ours. (laughs) Was listening to today's podcast. And as soon as you said we needed a recliner, I burst out laughing in the kitchen, risking waking my wife, which is never a good proposition for anyone. I get that. This happens before you even told the story. Then when you said, I feel like I died and went to heaven. I almost pissed myself. (laughs) Thank God I wasn't driving. Had I not been able to pull over safely, I probably would have gotten into an accident. Have a great day, Dave. Yeah, that was the joke I told yesterday. I question it after I did it because, you know, a little distasteful for some people. It wasn't for me. Um... And it it went back to, you know, of course, my father died. I didn't really have a relationship with him in the last 25 years. And he happened to die. He was found in a recliner in his apartment. And then, of course, my wife and I are here down in Georgia. And she says, we need a recliner. And uh, asked me to sit in it to test it out. She says, what do you think? And I said, I feel like I died and went to heaven. Kind of a tactless joke. 
but kind of in line with the way I think. So, Dave, all I've got to say to you is that clearly you're a twisted motherfucker like me. (laughs) Welcome to the group. All right, the next one comes from Leanna. She says, hey, Boomer, I wanted to share these screenshots from my Spotify wrapped for this year. Now, for those of you that don't use Spotify, what Spotify does is they kind of keep track of your listening habits during the year. Or if you're a creator or a podcaster like me, they tell you about how many people listened, where they were, what they were, where you rated, all that kind of stuff. And it was kind of interesting. But she goes on to say, it turns out I spent 40,000 hours on Spotify this year. Holy shit. Then she says, 10,000 plus were spent listening to your podcast. I appreciate all the hard work you put into the podcast as well as TikTok. You've become a part of my routine, and I enjoy hearing all the different perspectives on issues with various guests. And of course, Ed, I'm anxious to see what the next year has in store, but glad to have a Rational Boomer community to go on with that journey. I hope you and Mrs. Rational Boomer have a great holiday season and enjoy spending time with those you love. Leanna. Now, you may remember Leanna. Leanna is from the Northwest, I believe, Washington, Oregon, that area. And she's a younger woman in her 20s or early 30s. Very nice, very articulate, very smart woman. And uh, I appreciate her listening. I even appreciate the fact that she was on the show. And at some point down the road, she will be on the show again when she feels comfortable and ready to do that. But uh, I'm always taken aback. Like with this little breakfast meeting I had, I met the gentleman, Dave, who listened to the show, but brought along his 19-year-old daughter who listens to the show. Well, clearly she's highly intelligent because she's listening to the show. But uh, And then you get somebody young like Leanna. Uh, there is uh, the kid in uh, Canada named Jacob, I believe. And then, of course, we talked about Trevor yesterday, who will be on the show. These are all younger people, and I never in my wildest dream imagined that I would ever get young listeners. But hey, everybody's welcome with a rational boomer podcast and TikToks and such. And I was interested, and what really got me excited is something that Leanna said, the rational boomer community. And I think she hit on something there because, you know, a lot of people who do TikToks, a lot of people who do podcasts, they they want everybody in there, whether they're they're against or for whatever that person is saying. And so you got this mixed bag of stuff. You got this arguing and this bullshit and, and the drama and the trauma and all this shit. And that's not the case with my TikToks or the podcast. I would say most, if not all people who listen to the podcast and most people who hear me on TikTok are of a like mind. Now, people would say to you, why would you do that? You can't teach anybody any lessons that need it if you don't talk to them. Well, <laughs> you and I well know that these people, these Trumplifucks, you just can't possibly talk to. You can't debate with them. I told you a story after my father died, and then I got on the phone with my siblings, one of them being a Trump pumper, and of course her husband gets in, and um, they're ranting and raving. We're talking about my dad's death and what we got to do, and of course they have to bring up the incident we had at Christmas two years ago, and and, uh, 
they 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 were kind of upset that they weren't being included in family holidays. But everybody has one feeling, and they're the ones off on a fucking island, and they can't do anything without getting into it. So we're on this four-way call, and we're talking back and forth, and then it turns, you know, a little more toxic because her husband steps in, who's not very fucking bright, and he starts talking his shit. And I, you know, I mixed it up with him a little bit, but but after a while, I said, why the fuck am I doing this? I'm in Georgia with my wife. We're stress-free. We're just going to have fun. We're going to do shit. I don't need this fucking stuff, so I hung up. <laughs> Eventually, my brother had somebody come to the door, and he had to step away. <laughs> so these two were ranting for like about a half hour <laughs> until they realized we weren't fucking there anymore. And that actually pissed them off more. And this shows you something. You can do more by disregarding them, walking away from them, um, than you can arguing with them. You know, it's interesting. Then another text was sent in the morning saying, I just want to say this. I just want to say that. And my wife says, should I answer this? I said, absolutely not. They want to re-engage because that's the only game they know. They're not going to come here and apologize. What they really do, what they really think in their mind is, I'm going to keep ranting at them until I roll them over, until they apologize to me. Well, you folks know me. My sisters should know me that that ain't going to fucking happen. And it didn't. So that text, I said, don't answer that text. She wouldn't dare text me anyway because she knows she will get nothing. But that may be a lesson learned there for you and everybody and me. It's better not to engage with them. You can't win uh, with somebody who's ignorant to truth and uh, what's right, uh, and they want to keep pushing their agenda across. You can't get them to listen to reason. So why bother? Why bother? All right, we got a weird story here. This This isn't technically political, But I think ultimately it is political, and it's a little scary, too, if you think about it. So two power stations, substations in North Carolina County were damaged by gunfire in what is being investigated as a criminal act, causing damage that could take days to repair and leaving 40,000 people without electricity, so says the authorities on Sunday. Now, in response to the ongoing outages, which began just after 7 p.m. Saturday across Moore County, officials announced a state of emergency that included a curfew from 9 p.m. Sunday to 5 a.m. Monday. Also, county schools will be closed Monday. Now, an attack like this on a critical infrastructure is pretty serious. I mean, it's one thing to um, protest in front of a... uh, store or school or something like this. But this is somebody specifically going out and trying to attack the infrastructure of our country. It's taken very seriously. Intentional crime. um, And I'm thinking that state and federal authorities are going to be thoroughly investigating these things and hopefully bringing the people involved in this to justice. Well, let's at least 
hope that's the case. Now, Moore County Sheriff Ronnie Fields said at a Sunday news conference that authorities have not determined a motivation. He said someone pulled up and opened fire on a substation. The same thing with the other one. You know, this is reminiscent of 9-11. If you remember where you were when that happened. Um, I was at work. I was doing traffic reports and a TV was going on behind me. And we heard that a plane crashed into a building. And we're going, holy fuck, that's crazy. That never happens. Somebody crashed into a building. Okay, that's serious. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And then the second one hit. And right at that moment, you knew this is fucking intentional. This is a fucking attack. And the same could be said for this. You get some drunk guys outside a power center and they start shooting things up. Oh, sure, it could be just dumb fucks fucking around with their Second Amendment right. But then when a second one gets hit the same night, that's got to tell you some fucked up shit is going on. Now, at this point, no group has stepped up to acknowledge or accept that they are the ones that did it. They are... Looking at all avenues at this point, the sheriff noted that the FBI was working with state investigators to determine who was responsible. He also said it was targeted. More than 41,000 electric customers in the county remained without powder power on Sunday afternoon, according to powder, poweroutage.us. Now, They've got cold temperatures forecast for Sunday night. The county also opened a shelter at a sports complex in Carthage. Now, i got to be honest with you. Cold is relative. I saw people walking around Savannah, Georgia with coats and boots on today, but it was 60 degrees. That's shirt sleeve weather in Minnesota, but they're not used to it. So um, I think I do have the heat on here in my condo in Georgia. So, yeah, it might be problematic if they aren't uh, with heat, but at the same time, it's not like it's 10 below like it would be up in Minnesota. But that's the thing. If something like this is effective and is successful, you got to think this could happen virtually anywhere. And once they realize that they can shut down the power, it would make more sense to go to one of these colder areas. Now, Duke Energy spokesman Jeff Brooks said multiple pieces of equipment were damaged and will have to be replaced. He said while the company is trying to restore power as quickly as possible, he braced customers for the potential of outages lasting for days. He said we're looking at some pretty pretty uh, sophisticated repair with some fairly large equipment, and so we don't want citizens of the town to be prepared uh, that this or they should be prepared that this will be a multi-day restoration for most people. Um, now, Dr. Tim Locklear, he is the school superintendent, announced classes will be canceled on Monday. And as we move forward, we'll be taking it day by day and making those decisions. So schools could be closed down for longer than that. Um, the Pilot newspaper in Southern Pines reported that one of its journalists saw a gate to one of the substations had been damaged and was lying in an access road. A pole holding up the gate had clearly been snapped off where it meets the ground. The substation's infrastructure was heavily damaged, the newspaper reported. The county of approximately uh, like 100,000 people, 
lies about an hour's drive southwest of Raleigh and is known for golf resorts in Pinehurst and other communities. Now you're hearing all kinds of rumors here. There's been no official statement as to who did it. This isn't just a bunch of drunk guys watching football and deciding to shoot up a power station. This was an intentional thing. This wasn't vandalism. This was a terroristic act. Now, I've heard some people talking on TikTok. Don't know if this is true, but it's just crazy enough that it could be true. Apparently, there were some postings later on uh, regarding the attack. And some people are suggesting there's this extreme right-wing group in North Carolina near that area. And they were having problems with some drag show happening in and around the area. Now, again, I don't know if this is true, but it's stupid and crazy enough to be true. I hope we find out who caused this, because this is dangerous. Once somebody sees this works in one area, you can bet other fucking clowns, other copycats are going to try to do the same thing. We need to get a handle on this. And these people need to be handled quickly and decisively. You get really tired of the uh, legal system in this country. It seems like everybody waits forever to get indicted, waits forever to go to trial, waits forever to get convicted, waits forever to actually go to jail. I'm talking about people like Steve Bannon. We need a more expeditious way to attend to domestic terrorists. And yes, I would say Steve Bannon is a domestic terrorist, one way or another. But we need to put a stop to this. This has gotten out of hand. This is far more dangerous than something we've ever seen in our lifetimes. If we don't come down hard on these situations and these people involved, this shit is going to continue, and we can't afford to have this shit continue. So, Hopefully they find these people and hopefully they take them to justice and put them away for fucking ever because this is unacceptable. As we go over the next year or so or two years up to 2024, you can bet these kinds of things are going to ramp up. It's not going to be huge crowds of Republicans. It's going to be a few crazy fucks that do crazy shit, whether it be shooting up a school, whether it be shooting up a power station, whatever it is. They're out there to create chaos, to cause problems, to punish people for thinking differently than they think. I get this all the time. Whenever I talk to Trumplifox, it's always the same. You know, it's funny, when I had this conversation on the phone, everything about it was reminiscent of my father, a conversation I had with my father. And this is what narcissists do. If I say, it was bad for you to do something, Immediately, they will say, okay, well, then I'll just never do anything at all. I'll just never do anything at all. And what they're trying to do is is trying to expand or exaggerate a circumstance, much like Donald Trump is doing. And they're trying to punish you or scare you into saying, well, okay, I'll let you get away with it this time. And it seems like our legal system maybe hasn't allowed them to get away with it, but gave them a lot of flexibility. That flexibility has to fucking stop. The punishment has to be quick, 
and harsh. As I've said before, when you're talking about bullies, as much as it's better to go high when they're going low, and sometimes, sometimes you just have to smack them in the snout and put them on the ground and make sure they stay there. That's the only thing they understand. And whether we're talking about uh, Trumplifux, racist, misogynist, anti-Semites, we got to get tougher with these people. Because this behavior in this country is absolutely unacceptable, and we have to act like it. We can't give them any sway anymore, because every day it gets fucking worse. All right. Now, um, we're gonna we're gonna watch that and see what 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 happens. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we never find out who did it. They're afraid of. You notice how every time something comes up, oh, we don't think it was a domestic terrorist. We don't think it was a terrorist thing. It was just some crazy guys. They always tell us that. I don't know if they're afraid that people will be scared or if they just don't want to start some shit. But I got to be honest. We keep seeing these terroristic acts. People of a reasonable mind, people of uh, a liberal bent are going to get mad. They're going to get scared. And it is going to cause problems, violent problems. Because much like the Republicans thought when it came down to Joe Biden's election, these people realize that these other folks are trying to tear down our country, take away something from these people who are free and presumably happy. And when somebody tries to take that away from you, it causes problems. Even the mildest of folks will fight back when they're cornered. So our legal system needs to get a handle on this quickly, and they need to be decisive in their punishment. All right. Now, we talked about Donald Trump and his new idea of terminating the Constitution. Dumbest fucking thing in the world for him to say. And it's going to cost him dearly. It's going to cost the Republicans dearly. And, you know, the fact of the matter is it's even going to affect the runoff election here in Georgia. Now, in a column for a highly conservative, hot air Republican speechwriter, David Strom expressed his disgust at Donald Trump's call for the termination of regulations and articles, even those found in the Constitution, because he thinks the 2020 election was stolen. As I told you yesterday, this whole Twittergate thing is just all a bunch of bullshit. There is really nothing in it. Republicans have said as much. And now after hearing what Donald Trump had to say about terminating the Constitution, Many of these Republicans are saying, oh, okay, okay, bridge too far. <laughs> Apparently, grabbing women or being anti-Semitic or misogynistic or racist, we can deal with that. But when Donald Trump says, let's terminate the Constitution, well, that's a bridge too far. So as Strom sees it, the former president, whom he believes has previously flirted with destroying his political career, finally committed political suicide and will never recover. This is being said by a radical right-wing guy. 
He wrote, it's like a social science experiment with 350 million participants. Researchers are asking just how batshit crazy does a person have to be to lose 95% of their fans. For some reason, Trump has decided to participate as the experimental subject. There are several obvious things about Trump's statement that are simply politically stupid. Like, really, really stupid, assuming there were no legal or ethical barriers to either calling a new election or suspending the Constitution. He says, stay with me here. I know this is insane. It's still politically stupid. The columnist noted the country faces a myriad of uh, problems and the former president seems oblivious about anything that doesn't involve him and talking about throwing out um, the election. He goes on to say, imagine having an ad hoc presidential campaign or an effective coup in the midst of all the challenges we face. Our friends and adversaries would see a weak, divided America and international chaos would ensue. It would be a disaster. And he's absolutely right. Whether you agree with Donald Trump or not, what's going on here can only weaken this country. And this is the thing that you know, we Democrats, and I, as I've said, I'm not a Democrat, but I include myself in this situation because I'm fighting against the Republicans. And we should all fight against the Republicans because they are absolutely wrong. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I mentioned this before in this little phone conversation I had with the trump who happened to be my relatives. And they kept saying to me, oh, you have to be 100% right. You can't look at our side. You have to be 100% right. I said, you know, I'm not always 100% right. But when we're talking about truth and lies, justice and injustice, if I'm going for truth and justice and you're going for lies and injustice, well, then I am 100% right. I'm sorry, you are fucking wrong, and I'm not going to give you any edge or any credit at all. If you're wrong, you're wrong. The scary thing is you don't realize you're fucking wrong. But that doesn't make it any easier for me to go along with you just to go along and get along. I'm going to fight you on it. Because the future of our country depends on it. The future of my children and grandchildren depends on it. And you could be my sister, my brother, my cousin. I don't give a fuck. If you're trying to do something to hurt them, you're in for a fight. And it's not going to be fucking pleasant. Now, this guy also goes on to say there is no legal basis for anything Trump has suggested. He continued, basically, he's saying that in order to fix things, we have to destroy everything. And again, this is a radical Republican saying this, and I think we're finding more and more and more people saying, fuck it, I'm just going to step away. But the point here that was interesting that he said the strum, he said it seems like he's on a self-destruct mode, and that's exactly right. I don't know that he's doing a self-destruct thing intentionally, though. I mean, it's kind of like Kanye West It's kind of like Kanye West or Alex Jones. I mean, they're cornered. They've been proven that they are wrong, but still they keep doubling down. 
I don't think that in their minds they're trying to self-destruct. I think they're confused. You know, somebody like Kanye West, Donald Trump, maybe even Alex Jones and some of these other fucks have always gotten their way, either because they're spoiled children or because they've always used their bully tactics and it's always worked. Oh, you want to do that? Then I'm going to get tough. I know my uh, my sister said on the phone, well, okay then, you won't see my kids or us ever again and we won't call you. I said, bitch, I haven't heard from you in two years anyway. So what? If you think the way you think, I don't care. So what's happening to Kanye and Donald Trump specifically is the same thing I did to my uh, my family, who I was talking to on the phone. I wasn't falling for the bully tactics. I wasn't going to bow to them. I wasn't going to bend over for them. And then they don't know what to do. And I think Kanye West and Donald Trump and Alex Jones and all of these clowns are in that position. They've always gotten their way. They always have strategies to get their way. But now all of a sudden, nothing's working. So now they don't know what to do. So they're just fucking doing anything. They're going ballistic. They're going nuclear because that's all they got. They can't in their wildest dreams step back and say, hey, I'm wrong. That isn't even in their vocabulary. They can't say I'm wrong. All they can do is try to go harder because that's all they've known. They bullied people their whole fucking life. And people have always been for them, but now they're not. And this is the best way to deal with bullies. Don't give in to them. Don't be afraid of them. Push them back. And when you do that, what they will all of a sudden do, oh, I'm a poor victim. And, you know, that's what my family did on the phone. I wasn't buying into it. And we shouldn't buy into it with regards to Donald Trump because that's the next step. The next step is, oh, woe is me. You're always picking on me. Donald Trump does that anyway. Kanye West is starting to do it. And so is Alex Jones for that fucking matter. They're all trying to play the victim. Now they want your sympathy. Now's the time you don't give them sympathy. We know who they are. We know what they did. Don't give them any room. If you're in a fight with a bully, you better fucking finish them. Because if you give them any room at all, you're going to get jumped later. We've got to eradicate, uh, exterminate all this thought process, all this rhetoric and bullshit if we ever hope to get past it. Donald Trump's learning a lesson now, and this last statement was a wild, flailing Hail Mary pass. And once again, Donald Trump fucks himself. Let him keep talking. It'll probably get worse. Let's let Donald Trump finish himself. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. So I heard a story the other day. You probably heard it too, and I have no way of knowing whether or not it's true. But the story goes like this. We know that Vladimir Putin is seriously ill. We don't know exactly what it is, but now we might be starting to find out if this story is true. And again, I have no verification of it. It's not so much that I know it's true. (laughs) I'm hoping it's true. The story is that Vladimir Putin, having a little trouble walking these days, not being in the best shape, fell down some steps and shit himself. 
<laughs> now, some people are probably saying, how dare you make fun of somebody that's sick? Well, it's Vladimir Putin. So to me, it's funny. To me, it's the essence of fucking karma. You got to remember, this guy is a vicious killer, a murderer, created genocide. He is a dictator. He is one of the worst humans on fucking earth. And he's gotten rich off the backs of his constituents in Russia. This is not a good guy. So the report is that he has stomach cancer. Now, I've known people with stomach cancer, and it is the most excruciating cancer you could possibly go through, or so I'm told. So I'm hoping against hope that he has stomach cancer and that he's going to suffer a bit before his demise. The idea of him falling down some steps and shitting his pants, <laughs> I can't help it. I think it's funny. I think it's funny. I think people always get what they deserve. And if it's true, he got what he deserved. So let's all keep our fingers crossed and hope it's true. I don't know if we'll ever find out for sure. Now, Russia, the media, and the government are getting a little nervous about Vladimir Putin. They have been since he went into Ukraine for no apparent reason. Now, Russian media monitor and Daily Beast reporter Julia Davis revealed a startling moment on Russian state television that says a lot about the state of the Vladimir Putin empire. We're all thinking that they are going to overthrow him or exile him or uh, Benito Mussolini, Mussolini him. I, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do, but they got to do something because he's hurting their country as much as he's hurting Ukraine and everybody else in the world. Now, as the Russian leader continues to wage his war against Ukraine, more and more Russian soldiers are dying and public support is turning against him. It's a little different situation in Russia. You can't just step up and say, I hate Vladimir Putin. We, he should be uh, indicted or he should be um, impeached. You don't really do that in Russia. You get your ass killed that way. Now, the head of RT, Margarita Simonian, joined with uh, the evening with Vladimir Solyavov to admit that the Kremlin's elite are starting to worry about being tried for war crimes. And they should. I mean, there's nothing but war crimes being committed in Ukraine. And Vladimir Putin, if he's sick, he may end up dead. And then all these people that stood by him are going to be held culpable for these war crimes. And they are going to pay a price. It's very much like the Donald Trump situation. I think people are finally starting to realize there was some real crime committed, real corruption, real treason, or at least being traitors. And they were part and parcel to what Donald Trump did, and they participated in what Donald Trump did. Same goes for these Russian folks. They're worried now. They tried to do everything they could to cover it up and stand with Vladimir Putin, thinking that Vladimir Putin is going to protect them. But I think they're realizing now that, uh, yeah, that's not probably going to be happen. Vladimir Putin will get the worst of it. He will die. He will be exiled. I don't know what the fuck they'll do with him, but he'll be gone. And then all these people will be holding the bag and they will have to be punished. Now, it's not even the Russians that will punish him. It will be an international court. It will be at the Hague 
with the likes of somebody like Jack Smith. Now, Simonian claimed that no one in Russian leadership and state media propagandists like her wanted airstrikes against Ukraine and its critical infrastructure. Everybody was against that. I'm amazed by our people, and I'm unfortunately know many of them, including those in very high circles, who are deathly afraid of this. And they're scared to call things by their proper names because of what people over there may think. Uh, She said, according to Davis, we could spit on what they think over there. People who are afraid of The Hague, listen, you should be afraid to lose, to be humiliated, and be afraid to betray your people. Let me tell you that if we manage to lose, The Hague, whether real or hypothetical, will come even for a street cleaner or who is sweeping the cobblestones behind the Kremlin. Now, Davis noted that Simonian also got mixed up by saying the Russian forces weren't trying to go after civilian infrastructures like apartment buildings, parks, monuments, hospitals, and such. So her later comments appeared to be a bit of a slip from the required text. She's saying that they weren't hitting civilian targets, and now she says they are. Well, clearly they are. It's on fucking video. It's being reported every day. You can try to fool all the Russian uh, citizens, but at one point, this will all come out. Again, it's like the Donald Trump thing. You can delay, you can divert, you can distract, but eventually the chickens will come home to roost, and then somebody's going to have to pay. Clearly, somebody like Vladimir Putin will pay the ultimate cost. Donald Trump will do the same. But all those people around him, they are going to be taken to task too. They are likely to be indicted, tried, and convicted. And they will spend years and years in prison. I mean, you look at Donald Trump's people. You've got Mark Meadows. You've got Jenny Thomas. You've got Roger Stone. You, you've got sitting members of Congress. All these people on the precipice of going to prison for a long time. And Russia just now is starting to realize, the media and the government officials are just starting to realize, oh, this isn't going good. We could lose. And if we lose, we've got the Hague to worry about. These are some serious crimes that are being committed. They can say they're not happening, but we know they are. And the international court will know they happened, and they will take the appropriate procedures in bringing these people to justice. So much like the Trumplifux or the Republicans, they're all getting nervous now. They played this game for a long time. They lied. They gaslighted. They did all kinds of things, and they thought they had everybody fooled. But what they should have known, it can't last forever. Ultimately, the truth will come out, and there will be a penance to pay. And these people in Russia are right to be afraid. They should be afraid. We've seen horrific things done in Ukraine. We're hearing about women and children being raped, tortured, and murdered. That alone is war crimes. War crimes serious enough to charge, try, and convict people. 
And it's not just Vladimir Putin who's behind it. It's those people who went along with whatever Vladimir Putin said. And as I say, the same thing is going to happen for Donald Trump. I don't know if they think they can fool people forever, if they think that um, it's never going to happen, or they just want to delay it, just put it off as long as they can. I always compare this to... uh, it doesn't happen to me so much anymore because I'm old and I'm pretty much useless when it comes to moving. But when you're young, you always have people that are going to move. And somebody will call you up and say, listen, Mike, I'm going to be moving out January 1. I need your help. Will you help? Well, it's now December what 5th. And I'll say, yeah, fuck yeah, I can help you because it's not imminent. It's a month away. It's like it'll never happen. (laughs) But then the day comes and uh, they say, okay, we're moving today. Come on over. And you go, oh, fuck. I don't want to do this. And then you try to figure a way to get out of it, but you can't get out of it because you promised it. That's what these Republicans, that's what these Russians are fucking doing. They put it off and put it off like it's never going to happen. But it always comes to pass. And when that day comes, when that penance has to be paid, (laughs) it's far more serious than having to help somebody fucking move. It's their lives. It's their livelihoods. It's their families that are on the line. So Russia's getting nervous. But Jesus Christ, this war has been going on for a year. These Russians did the very same thing that Republicans did. They stuck around too long. They stuck around too long. Now the stink of Vladimir Putin and the war crimes is on them. They can try to walk away all they want, but that stink isn't going to come off. Not even tomato juice, not even a tomato juice fucking bath is going to take that stink off. They are stuck with it, much like the Trumplifucks and the Republicans and the supporters of Donald Trump. They waited too long. They thought they could game this situation, but they should have known that wasn't the case. Now, while we're talking about Donald Trump, all of Donald Trump's family members have tried to benefit from his political spotlight, and most of them have. Donald Trump Jr. wrote a book, and the RNC, of course, had to buy a bunch of them to make it look like it's successful. Nobody bought that shit. This fucker can barely talk. Who says he can write? Ivanka Trump received Chinese patents. And Laura Trump, Eric Trump's wife, became a contributor on the Fox News Network. Now, while Fox knows that Laura is popular with Trump's fans, the network isn't necessarily thrilled with her father-in-law at this point. As we know, Fox is kind of stepping away from Donald Trump. A little too late. A little too late, but... uh, um, But... uh, Now what they've said is that, yeah, you're fired. You're not going to be on Fox News anymore. Well, I should say um, she will be on Fox News, but she'll no longer be paid to be on Fox News. Now that Donald Trump is running for president in 2024, Laura Trump will no longer be employed by Fox News. And, you know, they they might just say because of, um, you know, because he's running for president, 
you'll be too biased and we don't want you on the station. It's never been an issue on Fox News up to now, but I think this latest statement of terminating the Constitution was a bridge too far for them. Now, Fox confirmed the news, responding, We appreciate Laura's valuable contributions across Fox News media programming. Laura Trump is likely to appear on the air. She will not be paid for her appearances. The L.A. Times notes that the company rules that do not allow people running for office directly linked to active campaigns to be employed by the network. And that will be the excuse for taking her off. But honestly, I I don't know how that... Are you telling me that uh, Fox News has integrity, has rules against people being involved in active campaigns? I haven't noticed that. Uh, Now, there are still many fans of Donald Trump over at the Fox Network, especially the primetime hosts. They still love Donald Trump. How? I don't fucking know. Rupert Murdoch, though, clearly isn't a fan of the former president, and Murdoch is the one who signs the checks. He also owns the New York Post and the Wall Street Journal. So you can expect those three, those two publications and Fox News to be um, off the Donald Trump team. And Donald Trump's family is no longer going to be employed by Fox News. And I'm sure they're ranting and raving. I mean, for as much money as they stole, how much more money do they fucking need? I'm sure she's going to do fine with all the money that she and her husband and and her father-in-law have already grifted. All right, now we've got a um, a situation coming up. Actual policy, actual uh, government work coming up, and the Republicans are looking like they're going to make this difficult. I don't understand this. Republicans are looking to play hardball with the annual defense authorization bill to combat what they are calling woke military policies, threatening to throw a wrench into the efforts to pass the bill by the end of the year. (laughs) These are the people that tell you they support our troops. But just to own the libtards, they are going to try to um, fuck things up. Because that's all they do. They have no policies. They have no platform. It's just all about obstructing and fucking people over. Now, the GOP lawmakers want to insert language in the National Defense Authorization, uh, the NDAA, to counter policies ranging from military's vaccine mandate to efforts to bring diversity and inclusion to the ranks, which they argue are weakening the military. Let me explain something to you. Last year, we put a minimum of $740 billion into the uh, defense fund. That's like 10 times more than the following countries together put in. It's unnecessary. This whole game is about funding the military-industrial complex. Dwight D. Eisenhower warned it warned us of it back in 1960, the year I was born, oddly enough. And now these people, it's not enough that they're sending free money to these huge corporations and making them even more successful. They've got to fight about um, these alleged woke policies. 
Now, what can they actually do? I, I don't know that they can do anything. I mean, they might be able to win a small margin in the um, in the House because they only got three or four seats in there that give them the majority. But then they would have to have every Republican voting for this. And by the time it gets to the Senate, there's no chance because they don't have the majority there. The Democrats do, and after tomorrow, they'll have even more of a majority with 51 seats in the U.S. Senate after Raphael Warnock beats Herschel Walker. And I think that's a foregone conclusion. Um, So what are they going to do? If they can't come to an agreement by this, you're just not going to fund the Defense Department? The one that you're so worried about weakening, you want to play these fucking games and then the bill doesn't get passed, they don't get the money? I'll be honest with you, I think they have more than enough fucking money right now. But that is not going to look good for them. Democrat lawmakers see the GOP gambit as posturing meant to whip up support ahead of a new Congress in which Republicans will hold a slim majority in the House, of course, and say it won't disrupt their efforts to advance the NDAA in the days ahead. What's what's more, the House leaders are saying the bill is moving ahead soon with a draft of negotiated legislation expected to be brought to the House floor early next week. Now, the House Armed Services Committee Chairman Adam Smith said that's a bit overblown, he said of the NDAA drama when he was asked by uh, the Hill publication. He added that he and other leaders of the two defense committees, including his ranking member, Representative Mike Rogers of Alabama, a Republican, and... um, They seem to think that this is going to be fine, that this is going to happen. And I guess I didn't understand that they were going to do it before January, which would um, mean that we still have the, the, um, the House, the majority in the House, the Democrats do. Um, So, It should pass the House with no problem. Now, the Senate's another deal. Are they going to fuck around with it in the Senate? We have a 50-50 split with Kamala Harris um, being the the deciding vote. But if they want the filibuster, then they can shut it down. Since the Republicans are known for shutting things down and being obstructionist, it'll be interesting to see if they do that. That kind of goes against the grain of all the things they say. They will say the Democrats are the ones that are infringing on the Defense Department or trying to defund or weaken the Defense Department. But it will be the Republicans that are doing just that if they fuck around with this. It's interesting. You know, it kind of goes back to what I said about that self-destruct mode, you know? They do stuff that they know is going to hurt them, but they still do it just to double down, just to own the libtards. The bill right now is in the hands of party leaders with House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, Democrat from Maryland, earlier this week telling reporters he was optimistic that the NDAA would be passed before Christmas. He added, however, there are issues in the bill that are not necessarily national security related. That may hold up the process. And, you know, that's I don't know what those things are, but that is something to consider. And this is something Matt Gates said. 
believe it or not, that actually makes some sense. Every time we see a bill, we know what the bill is basically about, but it always seems there's always some other junk, some pork or something thrown in there. And Matt Gates is saying, yeah, we shouldn't do that anymore. Well, that's a good idea, actually, in spite of the fact that Matt Gates mentioned it. I don't know exactly what Matt Gates's game here is because he's saying a lot of things that Democrats would like. Maybe he's trying to save his ass because he knows an indictment is coming. Maybe not. But it's a game he's playing. And of course, you can't trust these fucks because they will lie to your face and then stab you in the back as soon as you turn around. So I'm not sure what that game is. But it's going to be interesting to see if this NDAA does pass, this Defense Fund Act pass before Christmas. Because after Christmas, they're on vacation. They ain't doing fucking jack all at all. So then it will be sent to the new Congress, to the Republican majority in the House, and the Democratic majority in the Senate. Not sure how that will will go exactly. But I got to tell you, when it comes down to it, they'll make a lot of noise. But there is no way the Republicans are not going to allow a bill to pass. They may want to fight. And maybe that's all they want to do. Maybe all they want to do is make some noise, knowing that it's not going to work, just to, as they said, whip up the base. That would not be out of the realm of possibility for these fucks. It's all about perception, not about truth, not about facts, not about justice. It's about how we look, which is ironic because over the past two years, the Republican Party has been looking like nothing but shit, and they still keep doing it. There's this case with the Supreme Court that we've been hearing about. And everybody's worried about it. The Supreme Court is about to confront a new election case, a Republican-led challenge asking the justices for a novel ruling that could significantly increase the power of state lawmakers over elections for Congress and the presidency. And the whole point of this is because they feel like they got fucked over in the Electoral College in 2020. So now they want to put more power into the legislators in the state. This is interesting when you hear them say that, given that's the gambit they wanted to try to use when they were trying to use fake electors. Or when they decided that they were going to stop stop the uh, certification of the Electoral College, they wanted to give it to the federal legislators to decide. That was the game. They felt like they had a stronger case in that situation. So like in Arizona, if you've got more um, Republican senators in Arizona, they could find a way to subvert a normal, free, and legal election. So clearly this is an important issue, and we're waiting to see what they decide. Now, this is the Supreme Court, six conservative justices. They've already tried to overturn Roe v. Wade and done all kinds of other crazy shit, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that they would fuck with this. They're under the microscope right now, so the question is, will they still do it when they know people are looking at them and there could be some problems within the Supreme Court? They may not do it under these circumstances. 
So the court is set to hear arguments Wednesday in a case from North Carolina where Republican efforts to draw congressional districts heavily in their favor were blocked by Democratic majority on the state Supreme Court because the GOP map violated the state constitution. Yeah, here's these people that love the Constitution, unless it's working against them, and then we want to uh, change that motherfucker. The court-drawn map produced seven seats for each party in last month's midterm election in a pretty competitive North Carolina. The question for the justices is whether the U.S. Constitution's Provisions giving state legislatures the power to make the rules about the times, places, and manner of congressional elections cut state courts out of the process. Now, this is the single most important case on American democracy, they say. And for American democracy in the nation's history, said former federal judge Michael Luddick, a prominent conservative who has joined the legal team defending the North Carolina court decision. Now, the, the Republicans of the North Carolina legislature told the Supreme Court that the Constitution's carefully drawn lines placed the regulation of federal elections in the hands of state legislators, Congress and no one else. So you're saying that federal elections should be in the hands of state legislators. That makes absolutely no fucking sense. But they know that's the only way that they are going to win. The Republicans are desperate, desperate in this particular occasion because they know they have really no hope in the future. We've talked about this. We've talked about um, 2028 when millennials and um, Gen Zs will pretty much be the majority of the voters in this country. And when that happens, the Republican Party has absolutely no fucking chance. We know that uh, millennials and Gen Zs came out in droves. We know that 65 to 70% of them voted Democrat. So this doesn't spell very good times for the Republicans. And they know this, and they're desperate. They are flailing. They're trying to game the system any way they can. Now, the question is, is the Supreme Court going to allow them to do that? What we've seen out of the Supreme Court, it would suggest they will. Whether it's right or constitutional really doesn't matter because our Supreme Court is no longer supreme by any means. They are partisan. They are corrupt. And that's pretty clear. We've got a uh, Supreme Court just married to an insurrectionist who may be part and parcel to all the things she did. We have a guy in Judge Alito who uh, is apparently a, a serial leaker. And we've got at least two or three other people that are just absolutely incompetent and have no reason at all to be in the, or on the Supreme Court. So our Supreme Court right now is a fucking mess. This is a very important decision and could change a lot of things. These swing states, these red states, if they are given the power, the legislatures in that state, to control the election, you can see where that might be a big problem. And, of course, there's a lot of people very fearful of this. 
I wouldn't be too fearful of it because I don't know that the Supreme Court, knowing all that could come down and how they're being looked at now, I don't know that they would side with that. I don't think the Constitution literally has anything in it that would allow this. This is just some made-up shit that the Republicans do. I mean, this is what they've always done. They just make shit up, and then they try to fit it to whatever constitutional right. It's like the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment doesn't say anything about automatic weapons, just as the Constitution says nothing about abortion. It also says nothing about everybody gets a gun and as many guns as they want, and they can do whatever they want. Again, there's always the mention of the the well-regulated militia, but they forget about that. And this is the same kind of situation here. They're misinterpreting the Constitution, and they're taking it to the Supreme Court. Then we're left up to the Supreme Court being legitimate and credible and doing the right thing. And under normal circumstances, that would be the case. Where the fear comes in is that we know the Supreme Court is partisan, is corrupt, is criminal, is incompetent. So now we have the future of our election process hanging in the balance to a corrupt criminal fucking Supreme Court. This is scary for a lot of people. I try not to get scared about things. I believe things work out for the best if you just allow it to happen. Do the work you're supposed to do and it will turn out for the best. And I believe this will. It's just, if it doesn't, it's going to cause so much unrest and so many problems, not only for the country, but for those people sitting on the Supreme Court. They're already in trouble. Do they really want to wade into more fucking trouble? I doubt it. But of course, we'll see. They're going to hear the arguments starting Wednesday. Don't know how long this will take. It shouldn't take too long. But once it's done, either this country will be saved from possible corruption in our federal elections or we'll have some serious problems. And then at that point, we just have to decide what do we do next? How do we tend to this situation? And I suspect we'll be fine. And if we're not fine, we'll find a way to fix this thing. It may take time. That's the problem with government. Everything fucking takes forever. And I know people are impatient. But you can be impatient all you want. You have to wait for things to happen. Ultimately, it'll work out. Ultimately, it won't be as bad as what people think. That's the one thing people waste a lot of time on. They see everything as an imminent tragedy. And they suffer and they cry and they whine about it. And then typically when it's done, it's never as bad as they thought it would be. And they're relieved. But as I've said before, but you spent all that time fucking worrying. You've took those, taken those years off your life worrying about this shit unnecessarily. I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned about this. We should. But we should assume we're going to win. Truth and justice will win out, generally speaking. So let's count on that. And if it doesn't win out the first time around, well, there'll be plenty of other fights because it won't stop after that. It will get a little crazy. But ultimately, truth and justice will win. 
All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I'll be back in Minnesota for tomorrow's podcast, and I hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you soon, and don't forget for the people down in Georgia, where I am right now, Tuesday, the 6th of December, is a runoff election between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. Vote for Raphael Warnock if you want to guarantee some sanity in our government, guarantee the Constitution in our government. Vote for Raphael Warnock. If you're a stupid fuck, vote for Herschel Walker. We would expect nothing less from you. All right. Have a great day. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.